everybody. This is the one. I'm very excited, as usual, because I have my favorite film critic. I hope Kyle Smith isn't listening. My favorite National Review film critic, Armand White, is here. Kyle Smith is good, too, but Armand White's different because Armand White causes so many problems wherever he goes. Whenever he writes an article, something happens. When he shows up places, all hell breaks loose. He heckles actor. No, ma- I don't heckle. No, you don't heckle. I don't you heckle. don't heckle. I, just, was- I put fear. I put fear in, 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 in the hearts of the weak. Yes, yes, that is true. <laughs> or the weak-minded. So we are going to talk about the favorite, your favorite movies of 2019, and the Oscar choices. What was the most overrated? Tell me what your favorite movie of 2019 was. Uh, that would have to be. Uh, Dragged across concrete. <laughs> oh yes, nice. <laughs> now, do you do, do you credit me with turning you on to Zoller, Greg? I give you credit. Yeah. I give I give you the credit I did, because I did. Same with same with uh, t- uh, <laughs> Tyrus. I was going, dude. You got to see this guy's movies. And I think I talked to you and I said it was uh, Bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk. And you were sure. like, eh, you were not that thrilled with Bone Tomahawk, right? Right, right. right. I, I didn't want to see any more Zoller films after that one. <laughs> yes, but because of you, I gave Bone Tomahawk. Uh, no, 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 I'll give the next one a try, brawl, brawl. which is Brawl and Cell Block 99. Yeah. And after that, after that, he, I became a, a believer. Yeah. I'm trying to get him to do this podcast, but I think he's scared. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think he's scared. Not me. He's scared of Hollywood. Uh-huh. He did Corolla's show, so he's definitely not a liberal. Okay. And those movies tell you so. I mean, mo- The movies say so even if he won't. What did you like most about Dragged Across Concrete? Aside from the fact that the title described life in America in 2019. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Aside from that, I thought, I thought the performances, especially Tori Kittles, were amazing. Mm-hmm. But Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn were, were, were yeah. strong as well. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about – I don't know if – did I talk about this movie with you? I didn't see it yet. Oh, that's right. The um, the movie within a movie I thought was mm-hmm. very interesting with where they – where uh, Zoller decides to pr- pursue the life of an – like a secondary character right. who ends up being a victim. And nobody – I don't think anybody – has anybody done – you would know. That, I thought that was just inventive and, and disturbing and also made her husband look like a complete loser. Remember well, her husband said go to work and locks the door? <laughs> She's dead. Well, he was a loser. He was, yes. He was, she, he was a house husband. She seemed husband. to know it. Yes. But, 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 that, that's, but it's consistent with – which is why it's a good film because it's consistent with – with the kind of terror that all the characters feel mm-hmm. and with recognize a certain kind of monstrousness that is out there in the world these days. Yeah, and also, you know what I like about his movies? The vocal or the voice – how the role voice plays in it. For example, in um, Bone Tomahawk, they had, a, they had a, like a pipe inserted into their throats. Right. Remember? And they would do this. <laughs> That's my impression. And then Dragged Across Concrete – there's something about the fact that they don't have intimidating voices, mm-hmm. but they have these tape recorders around their necks. It's just, hello, please give me. And they were like beta male kind of like like uh, non-threatening voices, but were still kind of deadly and weird. Am I reading okay, too much? Okay, well, I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. What I picked up on I thought was, was <laughs> sorry to say, uh, sensitivity between the characters. And characters who would seem – they seemed unlikely – Unlikely types to be together, right. but they have something in common, and what they have in common, we can all relate to. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and and I can't think of any other any other American movie last year that had that that had that perception. Uh, this was a movie that dealt with race in a much more uh, uh, like a, a closer to the street level than any movie. Sure, you sure. know, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, very honest and very very unafraid and and very sensitive again. Yeah, uh, and sensitive in in, in, the, in what I mean by that is. Uh, 
a kind of honesty about what makes what makes us all human mm-hmm. and what makes us be makes us able to understand each other mm-hmm. frankly if we if we pause to do so yeah so it was mainly about the re- relationship between between Mel Gibson and the uh the driver the uh, whose name escapes me Vince Vaughn no Vince the, Vaughn character. no the uh oh. the, the 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 driver in the heist who God, that whole scene at oh, the oh, end the, oh the oh uh, the Tory yeah. the actress Tory Kittles yes yeah. that that character yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um God, I just made. I had a flashback of that whole amazing scene with the when they're with the gunfight, mm-hmm. which is just one of the most elaborately. It's like operatic, 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 operatic. Sure, close uh, enough. Close enough. Yes, uh, the, the movie is rich like opera. Yeah, uh, it, it, it takes and it also takes a viewer through several different genres. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a buddy movie. It's a it's a crime movie, but it's also it's also a, a kind of realistic story about. Uh, about life in America. So, you know, I'm going to send this podcast again to Craig Zoller's people, and they're going to be thrilled to hear us talk <laughs> about this because yeah. I think both of us are saying it's our favorite film. And then Craig will have to go home and go, hmm, do I owe Gutfeld a podcast? And the answer is yes. Well, you that, did Adam Carolla, for God's sake. I know he's listening to this. That will be good. He should take it as encouragement. He should keep working. Yeah. He, he's, he's one of the best out there now. He's also in a heavy metal band or almost like a he, death metal. He, he's, he's a musician too as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, and I, boy, one, one of the things that's, that's surprising about his movies is his, his love of R&B. Yeah, and it, he it writes – those are not – those are original songs he writes, Original correct? songs. Yeah. And he had the genius to hire, to hire the OJs to sing them. Which which meant even if the songs weren't good, they were going to sound great. <laughs> yes, I mean that, that's pretty that's pretty badass. It, is. it really is. It, it is. is. That was he. I think he's yeah. He did that in um, Brawl when he because Vince Vaughn's sure. driving around. He's yeah. listening to these songs. He could have picked up. He could have bought some other song, but he ha- he wrote his own. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Take that, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh yeah, no, no. Let's just let's just do uh, Give Me Shelter again. Let's <laughs> pop pop in a Rolling Stone song that like it always has a uh, Street Fighting Man or it's usually Give Me Shelter. And oh my God, you're every view, every that makes every. This is always a big pet peeve of mine. Slow motion and music married to an action makes it seem cool, no matter what it is. So people moving around the music, it's like. Yeah, drive. always, always give me shelter or Layla. Yes, Layla. Layla. What is that? Oh, but you're reminding me. I have to tell you, I have a rule. I, yeah. I, I have a couple of rules. Yeah. Not many, but a couple of rules about movies. And the Irishman violated one of them. <laughs> Being one of my rules is terrible. Well, yes. Well, yes. That's that's just plain, it was just plain terrible. But one of my rules is. Any movie that's three hours long cannot have a slow motion sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he violated my rule in The Irishman. That's so funny. <laughs> you know what I – that's great. Do you know what I love about The Irishman? They felt that they had to include every pit stop and driving moment in the – it's like, okay, let's make it into a road picture with senior citizens stopping <laughs> along the way to smoke cigarettes. It's like some of these could have gone – I know you're building to something, but it's like I don't need to see every time you go to the bathroom, right? I mean it's just uh, – I mean – Senior citizens. Remember, Joe Pesci was good. Joe uh, Pesci was good, but what about speaking of senior citizens? That first scene where he where he sees De Niro, and he says, "What's the matter, kid?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you saw Jonathan Morris, the great ex father, was did a great job at the end. Is that what it is? He's an ex father. Yeah, he he left the he left the flock. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he got the flock out of there. <laughs> Terrible well, joke. Well, his biggest sin was appearing in the Irishman. <laughs> He's gonna no confession is gonna wipe <laughs> no, that no, sin. He, he, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. So um, let's talk about uh, Quentin Tarantino. Both of us were really... I was surprised mm-hmm. by uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because if I felt like it was an FU to Hollywood or it was like a first – OK. When I thought about the movie without seeing it, I thought, oh my god, they're gonna, it's going to glorify violence. It's going to make them hit – everybody look hip and whatever. Then I go and watch it and it's not that. It's not that at all. Yeah. No. How would you explain it? Well, I have not been a, a Tarantino admirer, yeah. frankly. Yeah. And I, what I hate it most about his films is his kind of uh, – sense of funny sadism mm-hmm. and i hated that about his movies frankly right. so like, i like I, like a perfect example reservoir dogs the cutting of the ear off the police sure. officer is the humorous sadism because you have that steeler's wheel song is that what you mean kind of like yeah, yeah that that all the all the time yeah so going into once upon a time in hollywood i, I dreaded it because yeah. i thought oh he's, he's gonna he's gonna replay the manson murders and try to make it funny yes or else he's gonna have uh, sharon tate get revenge and try to make that funny yes I was totally surprised because he didn't do either. Yeah, and and he 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 responded to the horror of that of that the, yeah. the, the legacy of that murder that haunts everybody and especially haunts Hollywood. Right, and he responded to that, which surprised me because usually there is no social context to Tarantino's movies. <laughs> they're just they're just teenage boy fantasies. Yes, and 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 fantasies based on uh, making a hash of movie history as well. Right. Yeah. And, and he he surprised me. He I think he grew up. I think he grew up all of a sudden. It's weird because I mean it was the, the I felt that what I was watching was somebody telling me that it's fought the men of old versus the hippies. Mm-hmm. So Brad Pitt compared to these like hypersexual but kind of ghoulish characters. These women that and the and the men there that are like this is the these are the hippies. These are the thing. This is culture coming at you, right? right? And here's the culture that's going away. And Quentin Tarantino makes it clear which one, which side he's on when he has uh, when he has Brad Pitt beat the crap out of one of the hippies, sure. makes him change attire, refuses the advances of the girls, and then of course the climax, which I don't even care if it's a spoiler, but the climax is a glorious orgy of wish fulfillment, and mm. and and this is what if this is what that culture deserved, sure. an absolute blood, he, getting killed with a flamethrower. Getting beaten to death with a phone. Mm. <laughs> well, g- given, given given the horror that we've lived with ever, for fifty years, ever since the Manson killings, yeah, somehow or other, Tarantino, surprisingly of all people, was able to reach down into that into that horrific memory mm-hmm. and and pull out catharsis, yeah, expiation, mm-hmm. and it was it was funny and satisfying. Yeah, it was satisfying somehow or another without being inhumane right because it's 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 the deepest wish fulfillment yeah uh and, and perfectly moral a moral wish fulfillment as well it's what it's what those killers deserve which which is weird because the other wishful thinking and glorious bastards i didn't like that was stupid yeah why was, was what's the, what made that one stupid because uh, i can't because i uh, i watch inglorious bastards and it makes me mad watching mm-hmm. it i watch this one and i'm not mad but they're both wish fulfillment in a way well, he's trying in both uh, in Glorious Bastards and Django and Django Unchained. Yeah. he's trying to rewrite history, right? Which is which is a dumb thing. You can't rewrite. It. You have to understand it better. Mm-hmm. He understood the horror of the Sharon of the Sharon Tate Tate mm-hmm. Lobianco murders. He understood it, and he understood what we needed, how we needed to 
feel about it in mm-hmm. order to continue in appreciating our own humanity. He didn't try to rewrite the history. Yeah. Rewriting history is dumb. Mm-hmm. And that's why, to me, that's, that's the beginning of why those two films didn't work. But he does something really great in, uh, in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that people don't talk about, except the people who were afraid of it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's his attitude about women, right. film culture. Mm-hmm. And this is what makes, this, makes uh, the Tarantino film a much better movie than mm-hmm. Bombshell mm-hmm. because it understands how women are traded mm-hmm. and it understands what women, how women participate in being traded mm-hmm. in culture. Mm-hmm. And, and he's critical of it. Yeah. And it's clear that he's critical of it. Without, without making villains of the women, but understanding how they, how they participate in their own exploitation, which Bombshell does not understand. Yeah, and you were, and are you referring to the Manson followers? Yes, the Manson yeah, followers. Yeah, the yes. Manson followers, which yes. are like, yeah. Yes, they, they're, and they're like, uh, well, there's also that sequence on that Spawn Ranch with yes. the Bruce Dern character, where even the Manson followers, they're, they're like the Furies. They just they descend upon a male yes. in order to destroy him, yes. and he participates in his own destruction, too. Exactly. But Tarantino understands that better than anybody who's involved in the Me Too movement. Yeah. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah, and then him, him uh, have a, uh, during the press conferences where they go, why didn't you let Sharon Tate speak? And he's just, sh- you can see everybody on the, on the days just like shaking their head like, what the hell? What do we have? <laughs> to do you know? I, re- I reject your hypothesis i reject your hypothesis <laughs> yes that was that, nice that should be on a t-shirt all right <laughs> i want to get to the controversy of this podcast because i know you and i are going to disagree on this oh yes i thought a marriage story was amazing you didn't you found and i think your i think the flaws that you see in a marriage story are real i agree mm-hmm. with you but i still feel like there was that was there was a message in that movie that I mean, the fact that the only happy people in the movie were the divorce lawyers is just and, and how good Laura Dern and Ray Liotta were and Alan Alda. It was just like it was like these are people with playing taking your money and over a process. It's a divorce industry. I thought I never saw a movie like that. But then again, I never saw Kramer versus Kramer. I never saw a divorce movie before. Sure. So this was my first one. And I thought, my God, this should be shown to people uh, before in marriage counseling. But now you tell me why you don't like it because I know you don't like it. No, I, I, I loathed it. Yes. But, uh, why, but well, you have to ask yourself, why is a divorce movie called Marriage Story? That's mm. because there's a basic dishonesty in it. Mm. Uh, it, it it's, it's a semi-autobiographical film right. by Noah Baumbach. Right. And Noah Baumbach has shown throughout his career that he is a, a dishonest person who lacks self-reflection and self-examination. Now, you don't like – is there a personal thing going on I've here? Never, I've never <laughs> met him. I've only suffered through his movies. <laughs> don't you have it, some kind is, of feud bad enough. with his mother? Do you have a feud with his mother? I don't have a feud with his mother except <laughs> if she was, a, she was an undistinguished film critic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love you. No feud with her. <laughs> I love but, you. But, 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 but it's sad to say that a film <laughs> critic brought up, brought up a child who has no sensitivity for what makes film and art. Mm. And part of what makes film and art is that the, is that the filmmaker has to explore himself – with some honesty. The, the dishonesty here was probably in the infidelity part, right? Because mm-hmm. – and who he hooks up with, which sure. is uh, – and also you can tell that there's a lot of – there's bitterness between – I mean he, he was married to Jennifer Jason Lee, right. and, he, and he ends up living and marrying Greta Gerwig or I'm not sure they're married. So it, it, his life is more of a cliché mm-hmm. than what we see in the film. So there's that gap. There's a dishonest gap there, right? No, his film, I disagree with that. His film, <laughs> his film is a cliche. His, li- his life is a mess. Okay. But, his, but his, he has the life of a – he has the messy life of a privileged Privilege. person. Right. And he doesn't understand his privilege. And he happened to 
to disrespect uh, one of the great American actresses of all time, who was Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah. And in, in this semi-autobiographical film, he misportrayed or disportrayed or was false about why the marriage failed. Mm. And he also did not respect, he's never respected her artistry. Right. Uh, he has her portrayed with Scarlett Johansson as, as, a, as, a, as a social climbing bimbo. Right. But he's the social climbing bimbo. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he certainly isn't, isn't the avant-garde artist that Adam Driver portrays, mm-hmm. but, he, but he likes to portray himself. Uh, yes. Bombeck likes to see himself that way, and it's false. We're talking, I guess we're talking outside baseball, but you don't have to know that the yeah. film is about Jennifer Jason Lee to, to reject its, its, its inability to be honest about what marriage is and divorce is, and he can't separate the two. I, you know, okay, so I, I was just going to say that, like, if I came in and had no idea of the loosely based autobiographical, I, I found it, I, I, I just found it, the whole divorce stuff fascinating to me, and I thought it was it was well done. It was a horror movie to me. It was like a scary horror, like to watch <laughs> lawyers being friends with each other, talking about charities, eating lunch together, and then taking all of your money, and then and then like basically they're capitalizing on the fact that you don't get back together. That's the whole thing. That's the story to me. I thought I have to. I, it's the only time you and I. Well, we disagree on some other movies that you've suggested, and I go, "What the hell?" But, but, see, but see, I would not call it. I would not call it marriage what story. It's call? not about marriage. I would maybe call it Hollywood story uh-huh. because it's about divorce, and they love divorce in Hollywood mm-hmm. because of, because of their immorality and because some so many people in Hollywood make money off of divorce. Right. I think that's what the film is is really about. I did. I I I liked uh, Ray Liotta's performance. Yeah, I didn't like Laura Dern's performance because she was just another another hateful feminist standard bearer, and she make and she makes that awful uh, uh, anti God speech, which is yeah. why she will win the Oscar because <laughs> because the film appeals to divorce and it feels it appeals to blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but most importantly, uh, I thought it was terribly acted, except really? for except for Ray Liotta. Except for Ray Liotta, really? everything is like an acting school exercise. Huh, interesting. Uh, it, it, all the all the obvious emotions, all the obvious responses to every situation. I have to watch this again now that you watch say it this. again. Watch it again. And you'll, you'll, you'll I mean, be, obviously, him getting up and playing the piano was pretentious. Jesus that was uh, unnecessary. Oh, 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 my God! The the the, God. <laughs> the Stephen Sondheim songs yes. were, were cringeworthy. Yeah. Uh, and why? You're making why, me not like a movie I really like. Don't like it. And, and why? Why was that there? Except except. For Noah Baumbach to social climb with Steven Sondheim. Now the thing is, I also enjoyed uh, Greenberg, but you didn't. You hated Greenberg too. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> Greenberg, Greenberg. That, that's where that's where that's where the divorce began. Yes, that's where he began to. I, it seems as if he began to cheat with cheat on Jessica on, with, uh, on that on that Jennifer movie. That was like with 20, Greta Gerwig. 2010. Uh, Greg, if you can think back to the great period of Jennifer Jason Leigh's career. Yes. Why on earth would you marry mm-hmm. Jennifer Jason Leigh? And not write a great film role for her. Mm-hmm. Why would you marry her and then cast her in a movie where she's a supporting actress to Greta, non-professional girl? Oh, that's very funny. I didn't even think of and, that. And, and, and that's, that, that's that. And then he ends up going off with her. Yes, yes. Uh, I didn't even see that. And, th- and this is relevant to Marriage Story because Marriage Story is, it's among about- other things, a ripoff of Ingmar Bergman's scenes from a marriage. Uh, and th- I mean, that, that's why Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver are going through these Leave Ullman, Erlon Josephson angst moments, right. which are actors, acting class moments, frankly. They're not really felt. It's just Interesting. acting school showing off. Yes. Okay, now let's move on to the biggest movie of the year, <laughs> jo- The Joker. Okay. Uh, I mean, Joker. Okay. Is it Joker. The Joker or Joker? I always have this, but I can never remember. It's like no, the band- No, 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 the, no, the. Yeah. So I go back and forth on this film because I feel that there's a – that 
he's he that maybe what he this it was about mental illness that he decided not to go superhero or super antihero. It's just a crazy it's a crazy dude yeah. who's who doesn't have his meds. And and this is what happened. And it's like and it's it's so it, it could just be that simple. It could be that simple. Except <laughs> except what's unacceptable in the film is that he blames it on society. Mm-hmm. Uh, he blame he blames it on the welfare system that doesn't yeah. take care of his patients. Right. And that's that's just horse hockey. Yes. And uh, and plus there's there's something wrong as 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 another critic friend Greg Solman said. There's something wrong with why would you do a a uh, what do they call those things a an origin story on a villain. Yeah, we're interested in superheroes and how they became that way, how they made their sacrifice. Who cares about a villain, and especially the, the dishonest portrayal of the villain? Remember, remember how Joker's mm-hmm. his original origin story is? He fell into the vat of acid. It's not society that, that betrayed him yes. or destroyed him. Uh, that's just more. That's just more lefty good, victimization. Good point. And that's just, that's unacceptable. That's a good point. And and to your point, this is like doing an origin story of. Um, the Vegas shooter mm-hmm. or an origin story of the Boston bomber or the origin right. story of Charles Manson. Sure. It, it is like, it's like, why would you do an origin story of somebody? What it, what it can only do is provide sympathy, which it did to me. I developed sympathy because you have this fantastic actor who's playing. Also, there was a lot of pretentious going on there. Acting school too. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I loved him in um, to die for. He, w- he was so good. Remember that? Oh, that was so long ago. I know. Sure. That's my favorite. Oh, he was also good in – you probably – I know you're going to hate this movie. Oh. Uh, what was the movie about Scientology? Oh, The Master. Oh, Jesus, The Master? Yeah. I thought he was so good in that. Uh, no, thank you. I liked him as, Johnny, I liked him as Johnny Cash. But I tell you, uh, you know, you got to see – if you saw a few more movies, and you, and you, and you do pretty well. But if you if you only seen the movie he made, that Joaquin Phoenix made just before this called – you were you were never, never there. there. I did never really it. there. I, I, same performance. Yeah, yeah. Same characterization. Walks same, around the hammer. Yes. Yeah. Same. Dy- <laughs> same dystopia. Yes. Same lack of meds. Yes. It's the same. He's doing. He's doing the same overacting as usual. Yeah. And that was that was portrayed as a, an amazing film. And I was like, is that is that all there is? Really? Yeah. <laughs> is that all that's? And, and to think, and to think, you're going to love this. To think we got, we got rid of Philip Seymour Hoffman, and now we're stuck with. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, terrible. Doing Philip Seymour Hoffman. I used to see him all the time in Midtown. He never looked unhappy. Hey, uh, do you enjoy <laughs> Richard good. Gervais's uh, uh, Golden Globe uh, tirade? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I'm kind of over it now. Yeah. But, but it, was, it, was, it was good for the, t- for the moment. Oh. It was good uh, for the moment. One more outrage, and then I got to roll. I, I thought Hustlers was terrible. And for everybody to get all ticked off that J Lo didn't get a nomination. What? It's just her publicist. Yeah, it's which which is you know, Benny the, Medina. The, the, yeah, the only people who were ticked off are the media people. Yeah, the rest of America didn't care. The rest of America should care more that uh, Paul Walker Hauser mm-hmm. was overlooked for Richard Jewell. Ah, uh, yeah. That, that 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 to me that was the most amazing performance he, of the he, year. What was he in? He was in the uh, in, Carradine. Uh, I, Carradine. I, 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 I Tanya. He I, was the Tanya. only good thing in that. Yes. He yes, was, the, yes, he was thank so you. good at that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 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 Yeah, he was great. He was great. That was like, I'm watching that. I, I felt the I, Tanya thing with the, her speaking to you just pisses me off. And then, but then he would come in and he was just so, he was good. good. He, he was like, he was like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. <laughs> okay. Remember that kind of like greasy, weird, I don't know. Well, uh, I wouldn't say that because I liked his goodness. I liked his goodness in Richard Jewell. He's the kind of goodness. You no, know, that, I, he, he was the goodness of somebody that we all don't pay enough attention to. Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? Like, People are telling me to see it. That's, tra- that's crap. Okay. That's that, that, that I, I figured. Oh, also, so get this. My wife absolutely loved Parasite. So I go to watch it with her. And I, I by the time they get down into the bottom of the house, I'm already like 
kind of over it. Mm-hmm. And and people tell me, no, 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 you got to stick with it. It's amazing. And it, I mean, it, it, it's it's it could win Best Picture. I don't know. It, what in a sentence, what was wrong with Parasite? That it was an Antifa comedy for the cancel culture. Ooh, and it's it's all it's all about. Remember that old commie phrase, "property is theft." Yes, that's what it's really about. Yeah, and yeah. It, it glorifies that, romanticizes it, and also nobody seems to remember. Maybe you remember there was a. I, I'm told, mm-hmm. because I'm not an expert on this, but I'm told that there was a Monty Python skit called Salad Days. Oh, fantastic! Playing which, the piano! Which, my, that's which, my, that is my favorite Monty Python skip, skit of all time. They're playing the piano, and then mm-hmm. the arm falls off, and the piano starts, he plays the piano with blood spurting out of his arm, and then an eyeball is, it's the best Monty Python skit ever. And I'm told that the, the, parties, the party sequence at the end of Parasite is a ripoff of Salad Days. Oh, now I, now I have to watch it and see. You know, <laughs> by the way, almost everything can be traced back to salad days. All the gore. <laughs> remember this SNL with the Bassomatic or the uh, the skits of, of SNL from 77 to 80, which yeah. were bloody. Remember the arm would come off yeah. and spit. That was all stolen from salad days. And then mm-hmm. uh, obviously uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail with a knight getting his arms chopped off. Sure. They were the first people to really go into the limb, the limb removal comedy skits. So it's possible that Bong Joon-ho uh, copied Monty Python, but yeah. there's really – there's. But he, as he also copied uh, Karl Marx. Yes. There you go. So it's not acceptable. On that note, always a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm going to go see – you have to email me some of the movies that I have to see. Uh, so it's a shame that Zoller wasn't recognized. Uh, we or- disagree on Marriage Story, <laughs> but we will always agree to disagree. Don't you hate that phrase? <laughs> I hate that phrase I, I'm Let's right. agree to disagree. No, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> okay. Armand White. Uh, check out his writing on uh, at National Review. He's, he's a great writer. So is Kyle Smith. I don't want Kyle to get mad at me. But uh, great talking to you. You too. Thanks, Glad Kyle. To be here. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks a lot, Greg. Yes. Thanks, Armand. <laughs> Bye-bye.